Hello, everyone. Lucio here, and I'm here with Jackson. And we, uh, before this podcast went live today, we had some additional breaking news happen, uh, and we're we're adding it to the podcast as 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 we go on the fly. When <laughs> hopefully there won't be any additional breaking news to happen prior to this uh, podcast uh, airing, but. Jackson, uh, we had some additional heartbreaking news for Fresno State fans. Jake Hayner has entered the the transfer portal, and it looks like he will be heading over to Washington to follow DeBoer. What more do you know about this, Jackson? Yeah, uh, a bit of a shocker there. Um, You know, Hayner was at Washington first, of course, before he transferred to Fresno State after not winning the starting job there. And, you know, it looks like, I, I mean, well, the sources are uh, pretty solid. Uh, once someone's in the transfer portal, it's really hard to hide that. So there's no doubt Jake Hayner's in the transfer portal at this point. Um, but the, kind of the next step is where does he go? And there's a lot of sources that are saying Washington right now, including our national guys at 24-7 Sports who we work with. So that does seem to be uh, the what's going on here right now. And uh, you know, after we spoke earlier today, actually I um, watched the Kalen DeBoer's um, full press conference and uh, tried to listen to a few of the questions and, and kind of get a read for some of his answers because he was asked about Jeff Tedford. They they asked him, is Jeff Tedford going to join you in Washington? And he kind of laughed it off and said that Jeff might have some other aspirations, which I would assume he's talking about take, taking the Fresno State head coaching job. Then he was asked about Jake Hayner, and uh, that was not as much of a dismissal. He said, uh, based on the transfer portal rule, rules, they figured they could get him in if he so chose without having to sit out or anything like that. that he'd be eligible to return there. And that he said he hoped uh, whatever was best for Jake would happen, but he certainly didn't say they weren't going to do it. <laughs> and it looks like they've done it now. So um, this is uh, new, uh, uncharted territory for college football, especially when you consider the Bulldogs still have a bowl game to play. And you would figure if Hayner or anyone else was going to make this kind of move that those sort of announcements would come after the bowl game. But uh, this puts Fresno State in a really tough spot, and it's uh, a reasonably reason for, for some Fresno State fans to be pretty upset about how this has played out, unfortunately. Yeah, it just uh, it's in in a lot of people's minds. They're they're going to think that this is uh, not, really not cool, <laughs> for a lack of a better term. Uh, and I tend to kind of agree with them. It, it, you know, Jake Hayner had uh, won the the starting position here, and uh, if he chose to play another year, because he does have another year of eligibility under the super senior rule, um, he would again be the starting quarterback here at Fresno State. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the starter at Washington if he heads over there because the, he probably would have to go through a a camp competition and could you know theoretically lose it unless uh, DeBoer hands it to him, right, Jackson? Yeah, and uh, Washington does have uh, the recruit <laughs> there. He uh, Sam Hewer. Do they put him in there uh, at the season finale? And it doesn't look like he was quite ready. But you're talking about a quarterback who was a five-star recruit and the number 12 recruit in the nation, I would tend to guess Hayner could beat him out for one season and then it would kind of hand the torch from there. But uh, I think that's kind of how you would assume it would roll. And the fact that he would be joining DeBoer, it would be tough to see 
him making that move without a pretty good idea that he'd be able to start for this one season. So uh, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. And, uh, you know, kind of cross your fingers if you're Fresno State that you don't lose anymore because uh, if Painter can go, you figure just about anyone can. And uh, One of the things uh, Coach DeBoer mentioned in his Washington press conference today was that they didn't feel like they had a whole lot of room. They had not that many seniors and a, uh, a small recruiting class. So it would be tough to see a mass exit from Fresno State to Washington, but you could certainly see one or two more perhaps. And uh, that's kind of where we're at right now with college football. Yeah, and, and the hits keep on coming, and uh, hopefully there's not going to be any more major news breaking here uh, in the next few days. But, uh, you know, chances are there could be a few more players entering the transfer portal uh, because of the uncertainty, uh, something that we'll be mentioning in the uh, podcast uh, following this uh, breaking news. Um, and things, I don't know, Jackson, uh, a little concerning right now. For the Bulldogs um, and the the fans, because uh, you know they they had a good thing going, and all of a sudden their whole world has been turned upside down. Uh, you, you expect some more um, kind of uh, more fallout to to continue to happen here in the next few days. Uh, potentially, you know, I hadn't heard a lot of uh, issues expected, especially when you look at the potential of Jeff Tedford coming in. You know, just the a few hours ago, <laughs> the discussion was that Tedford would potentially, I mean, there's still, we'll hear more about it here soon, but um, if he's the, the guy and he steps right in, you feel like you're just as good off, if not better than you were with where the Fresno State program is. But now you're going to have to worry about replacing a quarterback, potentially others, and uh, the job just got a lot more difficult for whoever else is, is going to be hired. But uh, for right now, uh, it looks like Hayner's out, and I would be surprised if he plays in a bowl game which means uh, Jalen Henderson, the true freshman, will uh, most likely get the call to start his first time in a bowl game. And uh, he, that'll be his fourth game of the season, which means he'll be able to start and still redshirt. And uh, it'll be a little bit of a, uh, a um, interview of sorts to where if he does well, uh, perhaps he steps into the role the next season. Or if it's ugly, they, they rush to the transfer portal themselves and try to find another quarterback, which... Uh, if it's Tedford, he's had no problem doing that in the past. If it's someone else that takes the coaching job, uh, we're in for a very, very interesting offseason. <laughs> oh, boy. The, it, 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 it just seems like <laughs> when you thought it couldn't get any worse, it's, it, it certainly can if you think about it. Uh, things things are looks like they're about to play out here in the next few days as to what's going to happen. Hopefully we'll be able to kind of get a better uh, understanding of what's going to be happening with the coaching situation, uh, which will then lead to kind of figure out what's going on uh, with players and, and possibly finding uh, either, either having Henderson step into that uh, Hainer role or having um, a prominent quarterback in the transfer portal that might come in and, and give that least one more year uh, for Henderson to, to develop. Um, any Anybody like that in the transfer portal that could could make a splash right away, Jackson, that may have some interest to, to start right away at Fresno State? Uh, you know, nothing right at the top of my mind, but I would imagine there's going to be several uh, opportunities for Fresno State to go that route, especially if it is a, a well-respected offensive head coach. Uh, the way that the transfer portal is working right now, and especially the quarterback position, which even before the transfer portal, 
uh, was uh, pretty high in terms of movement. If you don't start, you usually look for somewhere else. It's just easier to do it now. I think there will be uh, plenty of options there, and um, perhaps uh, maybe even a, an Adrian Martinez with a super senior season uh, is a guy that's already <laughs> being rumored around there on Twitter. But here um, <laughs> it begins. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's going to be uh, quite a few names, I think, uh, of that caliber that Fresno State could potentially lure in, and um, that's going to make things very interesting because Henderson has a very high ceiling, and uh, he's also probably not going to be all that patient if uh, it's not a uh, one-year kind of guy that comes in here either. Yeah, and so things are about to get very interesting here in the next few days. Uh, Jackson and I will keep an eye on uh, the progression of what is going on um, and possibly even uh, throw out a couple more podcasts before the week is over. Uh, So stay tuned for more information as we get it. Um, And so uh, without further ado, here is the regular scheduled program of our podcast. You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of theparkboard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Arik, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by Jackson Moore, the publisher of the Barkboard. Jackson a lot going on right now and uh really uh you know it will it's kind of a surprise but really not a surprise <laughs> right jackson <laughs> uh from what we've been hearing for the last few weeks this is kind of uh something that we were kind of kind of expecting but hoping it wouldn't happen but here you go right jackson yeah um, uh, with Kalen DeBoer leaving Fresno State for Washington uh, something that definitely ramped up more so since uh, even since Thursday when after Fresno State won its football game against San Jose State and um, you know it was kind of a, an afterthought just because the Bulldogs are still in contention for a Mountain West championship and certainly if that was the case and they had gotten into that game I, I don't think any announcement like this would have been made till after that um, but definitely about after that San Diego State win over Boise State, which uh, we could spend the whole podcast talking about that ordeal, <laughs> um, it seemed like things really ramped up in the next about 48 hours and uh, got to the point where you know, DeBoer was picking up steam there for quite some time, just as far as what Washington was looking for. And they missed on a couple of big names and it all came together for them there at the, at the very end. So um, it was... Uh, not terribly surprising by when it happened, but in the greater scheme, very surprising to see the board leave after just two seasons, really one and a half seasons, more more like it due to uh, the 2020 COVID situation. But um, yeah, it seemed like he was uh, planning on having a longer stay here, but uh, now he's headed to, to Washington and Fresno State starts this thing all over again. And thus starts the whole carousel of moving coaches. Um, it is something... That's kind of a surprise, but not really. A lot of people were were really enamored by um, by DeBoer and and his uh, what he's been able to do in the last few stops that he has made. Uh, but 
he he really wasn't here all that long at Fresno State. I mean, you had the one season of COVID, and then you had the this year, and um, I, I honestly didn't think that what what happened this year was enough to to get him uh, catapulted into some of these job offers that are materializing for him, but. Uh, everybody wants the shiny new toy, and it looks like uh, DeBoer is it this year. Um, and going to to Washington, who has made it a point of recruiting Mountain West coaches. Jackson, what's going on there? They're, they're like the Mountain <laughs> West coaches going over there now. Well, yeah, they, uh, Chris Peterson, when they hired him, that was a big win for them. And it hasn't been as, as fun for Washington uh, when they went a different direction. So <laughs> they go to a you know, Peterson had a long, sustained success at Boise State. It was no surprise that uh, a Power 5 school wanted him and, and made a big move. But as you mentioned, yeah, it was a short time for Coach DeBoer here. And it is a bit surprising that he was kind of considered uh, to make the jump. I mean, Fresno State had a, a solid season this year, but it wasn't over the top great by any means. Uh, going 9-3 and three, uh, is always solid for Fresno State, but to not make the conference championship game was certainly disappointing when you were capable of doing it. And, um, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of the same things that go in the, the Washington mindset or what went in the Fresno State's mindset going in where you look at what he did at the NAIA level at Sioux Falls going 67-3 and and winning multiple national championships. And you see every offensive coordinator job he had, it, he made them better than when he left. Everyone was successful. And, of course, it was easier for Fresno State that, he had been here once before and it was very, uh, you know, a lot of continuity with what coach Tedford was doing to bring him back, but a little more of a gamble by Washington to, to take a leap and have him make that big of a jump and uh, not have a whole lot of a D one head coaching experience behind it. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, it, it, I wasn't ready for him to go. I, I, I was hoping he would stay another few years and, and really get things uh, dialed in for the Bulldogs. But, uh, you know, when, a, when some opportunity comes knocking, sometimes you got to take it while the, uh, while, while things are, are going pretty good for you and you're the name that everybody's throwing around. And, uh, I don't blame him one bit for making the jump. However, uh, as a, you know, Bulldog fan, I'm kind of sad to see him go. Um, and, uh, but you know that that kind of opens things up now for Fresno State to to do their 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 coaching search, and they may not have to go too far, Jackson. From what I hear, there's there's a a lot of people are are speculating, and uh, they're thinking Tedford here again. What do you what are your thoughts on that, Jackson? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think if if everything works out and you can make that happen, I mean, it's uh, a no brainer. <laughs> the fact that he was so successful so recently. And if, uh, you know, the, the two questions would be one, of course, health. And according to coach Tedford, he is feeling better. I mean, he came out, I, I don't think it was a coincidence that as DeBoer's name started swirling, that he put his name out there to, for a potential comeback. And it sounds like he's doing a lot better. I, I think if you're Fresno state, you have to be a little cautious that, you know, you may have two really good years and the third year he may have some sort of issue come up again. I mean, that's just what happened. And, um, I mean, he, he had some health problems earlier in his career, not that long ago when he was going to be coaching with the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a coordinator and, uh, wasn't able to do that. But I just think as long as he's 
healthy enough to be on the sideline. It's as good as it gets for Fresno State, and um, any potential risk is uh, certainly lessened compared to when you look at the uh, other options that you're going to have besides him. There's just no comparison. So um, I think it's you know, there's some complications and some other uh, things into this equation that are uh, don't quite uh, are not quite at the surface, which we kind of covered on the premium board. And we'll have all the, the scoop on the coaching search there. We've got uh, the hot board going with 10 coaching names. Uh, I won't hide that Tedford's at the top, but there's uh, some other interesting names on that list and some more are certainly going to reveal themselves in the coming days. Um, but, uh, and again, on the VIP board, uh, if you missed our Black Friday and Cyber Monday sale, uh, 24-7 Sports let us extend it this week. So if you join by Thursday uh, at 9 p.m., it should give you plenty of time if you're listening to this. Uh, You can join VIP for 75% off a year. It's only $2.24 per month for that year. And it's as cheap as we can offer it, and you'll get all the scoop here in this coaching search, as well as um, VIP for the whole year from here on out. All the recruiting (laughs) news, basketball season, and virtually all of the 2022 football season. So, um we try to entice you a little bit with the coaching news, but you'll be getting value out of that thing for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, oh, go ahead. Go Jackson. ahead. Oh, I was going to say, because obviously we, you know, we, we are going to kind of hold back on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we can't, we can't reveal it all here, but, uh, we've definitely gone more in depth on, on the board about the Tedford situation, some things that make it a little more complicated than meets the eye. But I think, um, it is still no matter what roadblocks might be in the way there. It's just oh, the heads and shoulders above. I mean, the best option Fresno State has, and I think the at the end of the day, um, it'll probably get done that way. But um, also, it would be less surprising to me and our subscribers if it goes a different direction based off of the information we've shared there. So um, stay tuned there. And again, as a as this thing plays out, uh, it's barely day one right now as we're talking of the, the coaching search. So there's sure to be some interesting names that come in and uh, could potentially uh, give Fresno State a, a legitimate look of maybe going a different direction. Yeah, because obviously, I mean, you, we can all we can all say that Tefford is probably the no brainer first guy in line however if the right person throws their 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 name into the hat or throws their hat into the ring so to speak um fresno state you know would be doing themselves a disservice if they didn't look at those names (laughs) i mean (laughs) let's face it uh tefford has done a great job while he was here for that short amount of time however um He's no spring chicken <laughs> um, and health issues may pop back up once again uh, once he, he gets going. So it is something that Fresno State is definitely going to have to think about. And uh, and 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 it's, you know, Fresno State is people may not think this, but Fresno State is a job that a lot of coaches would like to have. Uh, am I right, Jackson? I mean, it, it is a potential landing spot for a lot of these guys. Yeah, definitely. And you look at former Bulldogs that are in the coaching ranks. I mean, that's always an attractive one. I mean, of course, Jeff Tedford's one of them. 
but to have a guy that actually has played here or coached here and has those ties and understands the culture and the, the community, it's always, you know, you see those names wanting this job very, uh, very much at the, when these things come up and, um, they, they may make a jump here that they wouldn't make elsewhere. I mean, I, I think that's obviously part of the equation why Jeff Tedford came here the first time. Uh, if he didn't have Bulldog ties, uh, I don't see why that would have made it's been such an easy connection then. Um, and then you've got other coaches across the country. We've had, already had some interesting names pop up. You've got rising head coaches where you've got to be a little uh, suspicious now. <laughs> if you're Fresno State, you don't want to hire another guy that's going to jump ship right away, but there's going to be some of those coaches available. There's going to be uh, prominent coordinators, whether it's uh, Pac-12 or uh, across the country where some guys are having a lot of success and are really eager to get that head coaching opportunity. And yeah, Fresno State is one of those jobs where you, I mean, historically coaches stay here for a long time. And um, we've seen that with Pat Hill, with Jim Sweeney. Um, I mean, Tim Druder was here for, uh, as far as, these days go quite a while for a college head coach and I'm sure he would have stayed here longer had it not gone so sour and um, and of course Tedford was uh, not his choosing he had to, to look at his own mental or health healthy well-being so um, yeah it's, uh, it's a job where that hasn't really been a stepping stone uh, but when you are in a position where a school like Washington can offer you maybe three times as much and or four times as much and uh bringing to that status, uh, that, that's been a move that hasn't been offered too many times to Fresno State coaches, whereas if it would have been Washington State maybe or Oregon State or many other Power 5 schools, Fresno State might have been able to get by that situation and, and keep a head coach. So um, definitely it, it's a really solid spot that a lot of coaches are going to want. I mean, you're right in California. It's fertile recruiting grounds. It's historically successful. Uh, not a lot of coaches have squandered this opportunity. Uh, you're not going to UNLV by any means where it's, it seems like it's near impossible to have a winning season. So, I mean, this is going to be a place people are going to want to apply for, and we'll see if any of those names are um, going to be exciting enough to make this thing interesting or if, uh, you know, you always have to have a few options and when it comes to negotiations and things like that. So there's definitely still some steps to be played out here. Um, even though uh, there's definitely one candidate that just makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, and 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 if you, it, I know people are out there trying to kind of scour the the internet and find out uh, the the latest scoop and things, and there's a lot of names floating around. And I'll be honest with you, some of those names have me scratching my head. <laughs> <laughs> I I just uh, uh, I do not see Peterson coming here. <laughs> That's that, that is not one that I I see, and uh, also another name that pops up, Lane Kiffin. <laughs> um, th- those those two names, Jackson, don't have a shot, right, Jackson? If from what I can tell, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of names out there that are not on our coaching hot board. Spoiler alert! But <laughs> the guys on our list are uh, fairly reasonable at the very least <laughs> that are gonna be on that list i've seen the nick rolovich tossed around a lot here uh, online and that's the guy that's um gonna have uh, i think too many scars after being dismissed from washington state with the, the vaccine issue to, to land a head coaching job this soon 
Um, but, Especially not in California where the yeah. vaccine issue comes back <laughs> up again. <laughs> I don't know if he'd, he'd be allowed into the, the on campus to, to interview. <laughs> There's certainly uh, some names out there, though, and, and some guys that uh, maybe aren't common knowledge, uh, guys that you know aren't going to come to the, the top of the list like some of the those names mentioned, but when you look at their resumes, they are pretty impressive guys. And uh, of course, uh, some other guys that have been through the Fresno state lineage that are getting close to being head coach ready. And uh, those are the kind of guys that you would usually anticipate would stay long-term, but um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, if it's not coach Tedford, I don't think it's going to be any wild, crazy name, but uh, <laughs> there, there's certainly, you can find some coaches uh, through this process that are, uh, really impressive that maybe don't have the the notoriety quite yet. And no, Urban Meyer is not coming out of retirement. <laughs> it's, it's not happening. <laughs> it, it, there's a, when this happens. Uh, I remember back to the Deruder era. There was a, a lot of names being thrown around, um, and um, and ultimately they landed on Deruder. But how do the Bulldogs? Uh, avoid another Deruder kind of a debacle because he, he did come in and have some success, uh, but ultimately um, his method did not jive with how the university wanted it to go after all. So how, how do you avoid a situation like that again, Jackson? Yeah, I think just the first thing is making sure <laughs> the, uh, the athletic department is, is fully aware of the, those steps and, um, I mean, this is a, a whole different crew than the one that hired and uh, and extended Deruder, and um, I think that was shown the uh, the last time the Bulldogs had a coaching search, which ended up in Kalen DeBoer. They wanted a guy that had a head coaching experience and uh, was going to be uh, potentially a long term kind of fit as a head coach uh, instead of what we saw with Deruder, where you know, he had instant success, but didn't have that head coaching experience uh, for the long term that that would have. Uh, resulted here in sustained success. And so I, I would anticipate that someone with head coaching experience and uh, a resume of success in doing so is going to be high on Fresno State's list. That's pretty much what we saw last time around. You might also have some head coaches that um, maybe have had their step up to the Power Five and they, maybe it didn't go so well. Maybe they're coming back and they've had sec successful second stints or their prominent coordinator somewhere. You're going to have a lot of those guys that um, are, are maybe a little bit of a gamble compared to a, a coach Tedford, of course, but beyond Tedford, uh, there's going to be a lot of those kinds of guys. So I think this experience and the head coaching experience at that is going to be key. And um, knowing that you've got someone that's not a, a big risk as far as how they're going to lead a team, are they going to be able to understand the unique challenges at Fresno State and kind of the things you need to do here in terms of recruiting the Valley, recruiting California, not going to Texas or the East Coast or anything like that to spend most of your recruiting dollars. And uh, the, the the recipe for success at Fresno State is pretty simple and it's been followed pretty well by most coaches. But uh, if you do hire the wrong guy, uh, it can go sour, as we've learned in the recent past. Yeah, and that was going to be my next question. How important is it going to be to have a coach that comes in here and just doesn't completely overlook the Valley like Tedford's staff did uh, back then? Not Tedford, uh, but um, DeRuder's staff did when, when he came in, pretty much ignored the Valley. 
um, when it came to recruiting wise. Uh, you know, how important is that going to be when hiring the next coach if it's not Tedford? We all know Tedford lo- loves the Valley, but if it's not Tedford, uh, you know, how do you make sure you get that point across that the Valley needs to be the the focus uh, of recruiting? Because if you don't, some of these fans are, are going to turn on you very quickly, just like they <laughs> did with DeRuiter, right, Jackson? Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's got to be one of the, the key parts of this thing. Um, I mean, Coach DeBoer is not a California guy. He's not a Fresno guy, but he certainly learned from being here for a couple of years as a coordinator. And we saw Fresno State land Jordan Hornbeek, which was a huge deal for that class and with uh, Coach DeBoer here. And uh, we saw um, Jaden Davis in this class as well. Uh, that hasn't been as deep in the Valley as far as the D1 prospects go, but they, they didn't ignore those guys by any means. And uh, that's what you kind of run the risk of when you hire an outsider who's maybe not doesn't quite have Fresno State ties or, or have uh, California ties even. And I mean, there's going to be some guys with impressive resumes that aren't from here. And you've got to make sure that message gets across and you've got to make sure it's not just lip service on the, the press conference day. If they say they're going to recruit the Valley, they really need to do it. And they really need to spend time on the ground getting to know these coaches and these communities. And that's another big step why coach Tedford just makes way too much sense is he's already got all those relationships. He recruited the Valley very well, brought in guys like Jalen Cropper and uh, Josh Kelly and a a lot of the successful Fresno state players they have now. It also helps now with the transfer portal era. Uh, If you have those relationships and you miss guys the first time around, you might get them on a transfer and they don't have to sit out anymore. So uh, again, if it's not Tedford, you, you really hope that, either the head coach or someone very prominent on the staff uh, can spearhead those efforts and uh, make sure there's no drop off. Yeah. And, and probably the next, um, the most important thing as well is, or, or the next question, Jackson is how much of this staff will be retained if Tedford comes in versus someone else who comes in? Yeah, the, the interesting question last time around was uh, who was going to be retained because Coach DeBoer was coming in and he could kind of pick and choose who he wanted to keep and who he wanted to replace. And this time around, uh, I think the bigger question is who's going to be left <laughs> because a lot of those guys have long-standing relationships with Coach DeBoer, uh, especially the ones that he brought in when he first became the head coach. I mean, a lot of those guys date back to when they were on the staff at Sioux Falls uh, in the 2000s, winning national championships. And some of them, like Ryan Grubb, followed them even further beyond there. And uh, I just don't see any reason why those guys would stay here if given the chance to follow DeBoer. And I don't see any reason why DeBoer wouldn't want all of them to come with him. Uh, the, the, a lot of the coaches have described it as family, and they would uh, it was probably feel like a pretty tough shot to them if they weren't invited to move with the family here. Uh, so a lot of those guys like uh, Ryan Grubb has mentioned, um, Chuck Morrell has a very long background, the safeties coach with Coach DeBoer, um, William Inge and Eric Schmidt were both brought in with past relationships to, to Coach DeBoer. And uh, Lee Marks is probably the most intriguing because Fresno State has made him the interim head coach. So uh, perhaps they will have uh, something to offer him to potentially stay. Um, and, and then you look at, a lot of the assistants on Fresno State staff otherwise have been uh, attractive uh, kind of power five candidates here. 
You look at Kirby Moore, who's just been so successful at Fresno State, both recruiting and coaching the receivers. And he has a lot of ties to Washington. He was a GA there. Uh, Chris Peterson still heavily involved there. and He's very close with the Moore, Moore family for obvious reasons from their time at Boise State. So it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Coach DeBoer wanted to bring him along. Uh, you've got Roman Topolu as well, who uh, has a lot of good recruiting ties, and that's something that's certainly valued. And uh, Julius Brown's kind of another guy that is um, not quite as uh, well-known with the DeBoer group, but uh, does have a lot of those same ties. He was with Boise and, and Peterson, and now, I mean, there's this big triangle here <laughs> with Fresno, Washington, and Boise, where I think a lot of those guys are going to line up. But um, at the same time, I think I named like eight guys, and Coach DeBoer is going to have some resources to upgrade his staff, and it would be surprising if he only had a couple of openings to, to work with that. So um, it'll come down to uh, who Fresno State hires and uh, who's left to, to potentially retain. And I think if probably the most obvious connection will probably be if it's Tedford and if J.D. Williams. I, I don't think he would go to Washington. I think you probably got your, your head start on your coaching staff right there and uh, maybe you convince one or two other guys to stay and then there's going to be a lot of work to do after that. And then if it's not Tedford, I mean, you're starting from scratch. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting uh, just to see how many of these coaches will go. Um, but if there's any indication, like you said, uh, a lot of them probably will depart with uh, uh, with the bore and uh, and probably a few other will want to just get a fresh start somewhere else. Um, so anybody who comes in, including Tefford, is probably going to have to put together a brand new coaching staff all over again. And it just irritates me. <laughs> uh, but uh, there are some good names out there available, um, especially now in this era of the uh, coaching carousel that's happening right now. Jackson, are you su- at all surprised by how many uh, coaching vacancies there are, there is right now in college football? I am incredibly surprised by the power plays at the, the top of college football right now. I mean, you have USC pulling away Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma, and you've got LSU pulling away Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. I was just at that Notre Dame-Stanford game on Saturday and uh, walked right past Brian Kelly as he left the field. Uh, no idea that was going to be the last time he coached the Fighting Irish. Uh, two days prior, of course, talking with Coach DeBoer, not knowing that was going to be his last game as a Bulldog. But uh, looking at the top of, of the college football world, I mean, it's not just the arms race and the money that's going into those moves, but it's going to create dominoes. I mean, now Notre Dame's got an opening that you never anticipated they would have. Same with Oklahoma. Um, and then you look at USC, who Fresno State's going to play next September. <laughs> and that game looks a whole lot scarier with Lincoln Riley there and all the recruiting talent he's going to be able to pull and transfer portal guys, I'm sure he's going to land. Uh, Fresno State and USC, I mean, USC hasn't been at at its best in recent years, and that's been a really challenging trip for Fresno State, and it's only going to get worse here. So (laughs) the Bulldogs are are going to need to have a kind of an 05 Pat Hill kind of team to to compete at the Coliseum perhaps in the near future, but um, they may be able to catch USC on a rebuild potentially <laughs> next season, but it's going to be uh, a tough one. And uh, fortunately, the Bulldogs still have uh, one more trip down to UCLA in a couple of years that 
they might be able to put another Pac-12 win down there. Yeah, it's, that's going to be interesting, you know, with the, the whole development at USC. Uh, things are going to change uh, where, you know, we were kind of thinking, you know, it, it might be one where Fresno State can finally uh, put one together against this USC team. And then all of a sudden we have DeBoer leaving and we've got USC hiring a new coach who can potentially change that team almost overnight. Really kind of throws a wrench into things, right, Jackson? <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that more more and more reasons why you hope uh coach tedford is, is back and there's a lot of continuity and not much of a transition and that also does damage control with uh the current roster and the recruiting class if uh, they know if they're so familiar with a guy like tedford and um and yeah it definitely gives uh, the bulldogs the best chance to be competitive next fall yeah, so it's uh, it, it's definitely going to have to be a, a kind of a wait and see. But really, Jackson, it's not going to be a wait forever and see kind of a, a transition because uh, as the the, um, the deadline for recruits to sign uh, is is fast approaching, Fresno State needs to get this figured out sooner rather than later, right? Yeah, usually uh, even with the the urgency Fresno state usually has to follow a 14 day period of, um, doing this, posting the job, doing a, a thorough search and, and then naming a, a hire at the end based off the way that the California state university system works. Uh, two years ago, they were able to, to skirt it a little bit. They, uh, got a waiver, I believe, and was able to hire Kalen DeBoer right before signing day. Um, but this year signing day is not within the 14 day window, but it is, like day 15 or 16, <laughs> the coaching search uh, begins. So uh, it is fast approaching, and uh, there could be an argument to be made. And if it does end up being Coach Tedford and they can get it done faster, I think there will be an attempt to do it. But otherwise, um, under normal circumstances, they got to follow a 14-day period. And you know, even if it's likely to be Tedford perhaps maybe I mean uh, they're not going to sit around for 14 days they're going to do some there's a, a national search committee that's been hired from my understanding and they're going to do their due diligence and do some interviews and uh, make sure they vet everything before they make a hire yeah it's going to be one of those where they have to put it in the portal uh, even if if um, Tedford is the guy um, they, they, they have to go through the the system that California puts out in front of them. Um, and so they have to abide by those rules, but it doesn't necessarily mean they have to hire anybody that applies. <laughs> it could mean that they, uh, you know, Tedford can put in his official application uh, and he'll be the one that, that they go for. So it all, there's, there's ways, but the, that 14 day period must be abided by, by California state rules. Um, but I, I don't know, Jackson, even, even having to wait those 14 days, not knowing who the head coach is going to be, is that going to be a problem for some of these recruits? Yeah, I think Fresno state is probably in a, in a good spot because in this day and age with recruiting, um, it's not done as much later in the year. It's done a lot earlier with the way that the current cycle works and how the, the last few years, the rule changes have impacted. So most schools have a lot of their classes full and there's not a lot of offers left. And 
then you look at Fresno State's class, and if, say, a guy's got offers from schools A, B, and C, and he wants to decommit from Fresno State, uh, those three offers might not be actionable anymore. Those schools may have filled them up. So uh, the there's not a whole lot of opportunity to kind of back out at this point and go elsewhere unless some late developments happen, which might and, and may happen here. It uh, wouldn't be shocking to see the Bulldogs lose one or two commits, but I think the damage is going to be uh, fairly uh, low. And then also when you look at the numbers, uh, Fresno State's got nine commits. They're looking to sign about 15 in this class. So um, it won't take a whole ton of effort to fill those spots. It might not be the class it would have been had there not been a coaching change, of course, but uh, I don't think it's going to be uh, a disastrous series of events here. Um, we've seen some, some drastic changes and past coaching changes where um, Coach uh, uh Coach DeRuder really didn't have much of a recruiting class his first year, and very few of those guys panned out, which dominoed in his ensuing season. And then uh, when Tedford came here, he uh, dismissed just about all the DeRuder commits. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I don't think we'll see a, a similar action if he's hired a second time around since he's been um, not in, involved, per se, with the program. But um, it wouldn't be a total night and day change like he made the first time around. So. Um, but I think the building blocks are there for Fresno State to uh, avoid disaster in this recruiting class and um, hopefully uh, build off of what the staff's already been doing for 2023, which they have been making some inroads there already. Yeah, I, I remember that. It was uh, when almost overnight we didn't recognize the roster, right, Jackson? We, were, we show up at practice and uh, a lot of names that we thought we were going to see were gone and then a lot of other names that we didn't even know about all of a sudden popped up. And it was, it was, uh, it was just amazing to see how Tedford was able to change that almost overnight uh, on what the Bulldogs were going to look like, and he was very successful at doing it. But having DeBoer here and basically having the same type of mindset that Tedford had, it's really not going to be that much of a transition if Tedford is the guy that comes in. Uh, most of these um, players here are probably going to stick with the program, and um, and that's probably going to be a real easy transition, don't you think? Yeah, if that is the case, it definitely sets up, I mean, as, as good as it could get for Fresno State, but as mentioned, um, I have not seen <laughs> any coaching search in my <laughs> decade plus of covering these things, whether it's Fresno State or elsewhere, go as smooth as it would appear on paper. Um, you know, even when Kalen DeBoer was kind of thought to be the no-brainer last time around, it got uh, a little bit hairy and some other guys became options and you know, it ended up working out, but there were a lot of twists and turns and so there's a, a still a lot in play, but it seems like Fresno State, if they can make this happen, uh, is in a good spot to uh, a rare spot for a Group of Five school to lose a rising head coach yet still be in a very, very uh, preferred situation. Really, I mean, I think a lot of fans, <laughs> I've seen the the sentiment expressed on the boards and on social media that if they could pick between Tedford and DeBoer straight up, they would take Tedford. Um, so there's very few group of five schools that can uh, potentially upgrade <laughs> in a situation like this. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you think back to the the whole DeRuiter 
period. Uh, there was the whole Jim McElwain um, <laughs> uh, debacle or whatever you want to call it that, you know, Fresno, thought, Fresno State thought they had him and then ultimately landed on DeRuiter. Right, Jackson? I, uh, if I remember correctly, that's what happened. Yeah. The, the reports then were that McElwain was you know, the head and shoulders of the guy. He had been a very successful coordinator at Fresno State there when, when Pat Hill was here in that 2007 season. And it was just, uh, seemed like everything had, had lined up that he was going to be the guy. And uh, that's who Fresno State wanted. And when it didn't work out where he took a bigger salary at Colorado State than Fresno State was going to offer, then it became this huge pool of several names that eventually uh, Deruder ended up emerging from. So if there's a similar scenario here where um, either things don't work out with Tedford or the Fresno State can't offer him the money that maybe someone else wants to offer or, or any particular reason, then uh, it is pretty open. And there's uh, we've got a kind of a jump start on who some of those guys could be on the, the, the premium board. Yeah, so this is definitely going to be interesting here in the next few days. Uh, uh, just remember, it's going to probably be take a, a good 14 days before they can actually make an official announcement. Uh, but um, it's still it still leaves a lot of room for speculation as to what's going to happen. Um, but Jackson has all the latest news on all of the coaching recruits, um, the coaching uh I don't know, potential coaches for Fresno State. And uh, I think you kind of rank them from uh, uh, what? How many do you have in there right now? I think what is like seven potential? Yeah, we've got a hot board going right now with uh, 10 initial coaches. And um, well, that's version (laughs) 1.0. In the coming days, we'll have 2.0 and we'll track who's moving up, who's moving down, who's new on the list. And uh, it's we, we've been on top of these things as, as good as it gets the last couple of times, and uh, I don't see any reason why this will be any different. And it's fun to watch Jackson's board move <laughs> of, of potential <laughs> coaches. Or, or he's done this with players before in recruits, and it's fun to watch to see these coaches and players just kind of move up and down that board as to who he uh, ultimately thinks is going to be uh, the guy. And if you are not a premium member, now's your time, especially with all with the incentive happening right now. It's no better time. And basically, you have no more excuses. <laughs> get, get a premium subscription, become part of the conversation and uh, become the smartest guy in the room when it comes to Fresno State. That being said, Jackson, uh, you know, we can't just end the podcast without talking about Fresno State's last game that they had of the season against San Jose State where they needed a win and not only did they win they pretty much blew out San Jose State and you know what else can you talk about in this game and you cover both Fresno and San Jose State what's your overall take on how this game went down yeah I mean that was an impressive performance by the Bulldogs and uh, was hoping for you know we'd be able to cover a Mountain West Championship game because of it. Uh, Boise State couldn't help out the dogs there with uh, their game against San Diego State, unfortunately. But they had one job, uh, man. They had one job. Yeah, but only only Boise State could spoil Fresno <laughs> State season two times, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, this particular game, I mean. I was a little concerned early on. The offense got two possessions near midfield and went three and out back-to-back times. And you're thinking, uh-oh, <laughs> that, was, that was prime real estate there, and they couldn't get anything done with it. 
and then the Bulldogs get the safety, which made that scenario, uh, that turn of events work out. And then uh, the Bulldogs fumble on the very next play after the safety, and all of a sudden San Jose State's moving down the field. And so ultimately, uh, the defense played its part, uh, played really good in the red zone, forced those three field goals uh, with two of them that San Jose State had down to the two-yard line. I mean, if they score two touchdowns there, it's a, a totally different game than it was. So big kudos to the defense there. And then the offense got into a rhythm a little later on and broke out the trick plays and opened up the playbook for what turned out to be the, the last call from DeBoer and probably Grubb as well. And, I mean, they, they ran up all those trick plays that they had available. And um, they, the, the one, the, there was a reverse flea flicker screen pass, and that went for a touchdown. So, I mean, uh, it seemed like just everything was working for the Bulldogs, both schematically and emotionally. Uh, San Jose State was, um, there was definitely some tempers flaring the way that that last game was going. They were trying to reach bowl eligibility, and it was slipping away quick. So, um, the Bulldogs made the most of their last game, but unfortunately it doesn't do a whole lot for um, the, the remainder of the season. Uh, Fresno State just now waits and, and sits around to see where they'll be going bowling and uh, which coaches will be with them. Yeah, obviously that's going to be interesting to figure out uh, just where Fresno State's going to be because at this moment, uh, depending uh, – well, we, we all know it's going to have a, an outcome of – the Mountain West Championship game, depending on how San Diego State does, and some outside help, um, because San Jose uh, San Diego still has an outside chance for New Year's Bowl. Jackson, am I correct or am I wrong on this one? They're they're in position right now, but um, the Cincinnati's number one uh, in terms of getting the Group of Five spot, and they're actually in the playoff in the top four right now. Uh, the rankings will come out later today from when we're talking, but um, even if they make the top four, that counts as the group of five's New Year's bid. But the outside chances, if Cincinnati loses its conference championship game, um, they would surely still be ranked ahead of San Diego State, but to get that game, you have to win your conference. So uh, then it would come down to, would it be San Diego State or would it be Houston, who is also ranked, but behind the Aztecs, and um, they would have to jump pretty high, which perhaps beating Cincinnati would do for them. So it, it looks pretty slim. Um, I think perhaps Fresno State's outside shot of getting into that L.A. Bowl would be if Utah State wins the Mountain West and uh, the L.A. Bowl decides that they would rather take a team that might bring more fans. But um, if they only have that card to play so many times, uh, it, it might not be the year to bump Fresno State in there due to the coaching change and uh, not finishing the season as uh, strong as the fan base would have liked. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 trying to try figure out where Fresno's going to land on this one. <laughs> what I mean, what's your what's your overall opinion? What do you think where Fresno State's ultimately going to land? Yeah, the Mountain West is tough because um, after the L.A. Bowl, there's really no pecking order. It's just kind of a free-for-all where they feel the teams uh, fit in the best from there. And a lot of the places are familiar to the Bulldogs. They've been to the Hawaii Bowl multiple times. They've been to the now-named Idaho Potato Bowl in Boise multiple times. They've been to the New Mexico Bowl multiple times, and those are all still 
in that pool. There's also the Arizona Bowl, which Fresno State has not been to, which um, could potentially be the, the landing spot. I think, at least geographically, it makes the most sense to send the Bulldogs there. Um, and then you've got a couple of outside bowl opportunities. You've got the um, Frisco Bowl, which is a group of five at large, which I would think would want a Mountain West team. And uh, so that's in play, I think, probably a Fresno State or a Boise State. Um, or even if uh, San Diego State loses, one of those teams would be pretty attractive there and could get a, a, a nice matchup. But yeah, the the, the, um, the options are, are not too attractive after the LA Bowl, and they're not very um, uh, travel-friendly either for the Red Wave. So um, it's tough to predict specifically which one it will be, but it, it certainly seems like it's going to be Potato Bowl, New Mexico Bowl, Hawaii Bowl, Arizona Bowl. And unless it's the Arizona Bowl, it's going to be tough for most fans to get there. Yeah, so it's kind of, uh, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. <laughs> because we're definitely not going to Hawaii. <laughs> uh, uh, so ultimately, they would have to land in one of these other bowls in order for us to to kind of make that, that trip worthwhile for us. Um, but what... What would be the best case scenario for the Bulldogs? Yeah, I think, well, uh, and I know Coach DeBoer kind of hinted at it the other day that there could be other opportunities for the Bulldogs. I, I don't know if the Mountain West would go out of their way to do it because of the coaching change, but we've seen when the, a team doesn't win the conference but finishes pretty well, they will go out and maybe try to get a better bowl game than what's available uh, on their normal tie-ins. They can do some negotiating and some trades. Um, there's also the um, the guaranteed rate bowl, which I believe is in, also in Arizona. Uh, Mountain West has a, a fill-in slot. If the Big Ten or the Big 12 do not send a team there for whatever reason, if there's not enough or if they change some bowl bids as well. So uh, that's probably Fresno State's only shot at a Power 5 team in the, in the bowl season, but it would be nice to see Fresno State get paired up with an American Athletic Conference team, which would happen in the Hawaii Bowl or potentially the Frisco Bowl. Uh, Memphis has already accepted the Hawaii Bowl bid, and that would be about as prominent as an opponent as the Bulldogs could get. So as much as I would not want the team to have to go to Hawaii and play on Christmas Eve for a third time in this last decade, it might be um, the, uh, the most prominent matchup that's going to be available for the Bulldogs. Yeah, well, we'll we'll definitely have to wait and see how things are going to shake out um, for the Bulldogs. Uh, A lot going on right now. Uh, Fresno State losing their head coach, not knowing where they're going to go bowling yet, and um, potentially uh, scrambling last minute um, trying to figure out what to do. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of things going on right now, Jackson. How do you kind of just get through all of the noise and and try and figure out uh, what to do, especially when you have an interim head coach uh, in position now? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be busy. There's going to be official visits to be had here in the next couple of weekends. Um, There's also, I mean, for us, covering basketball and other stuff going on around campus. So it's going to be a wild uh, two to three weeks here. Um, but Fresno State did put Lee Marks in as the interim head coach. He's a very, um, yeah, he has a, a leadership presence for sure, and he seems to be well liked by the the team. And 
has a good reputation. So I think he's going to be the right man to lead the Bulldogs through this. And, um, yeah, they're just going to have to do the best they can. sounds like they might be shorthanded beyond DeBoer perhaps, but, um, I mean, they, they can't, there's no other options. And, uh, uh, there's going to be some guys that maybe want to stay that are going to recruit their butts off as well the last couple of weeks. So a lot still to, to go down here, but um, all things considered, it could turn out pretty well for Fresno State. Yeah. I, um, hopefully things are going to work out for the Bulldogs uh, moving forward as there's going to be a new era being ushered in for Fresno State, uh, whether it's uh, a completely brand new one or just kind of uh, changing it into another uh, another era of of of, of Tedford, <laughs> you know, just renewing an old one. <laughs> it's it's going to be uh, interesting to see how things are going to happen, um, and uh, just stay tuned for that as news start to develop. Again, if you don't have a premium subscription to the Bark Board, it is probably time for you to go get one. Um, and just to keep up with all the latest news. Um, and uh, that being said, Jackson, we're getting ready to wrap this one up. Any final thoughts, any other information you want to leave with uh, the uh, Bulldog faithful here? I think we covered it pretty good. Um, just again, stay tuned, especially to the, the Barkboard VIP board. Again, that sale for 75% off the year runs through uh, Thursday. Um, December 2nd at 9 p.m. Pacific time. So you've got until then to take advantage of our biggest sale of the year and uh, then it's gone. So uh, hopefully if you're interested, uh, you go check that out. And um, if you miss it, uh, we do offer uh, year round. You can try us uh, for a dollar for your first month. So um, you can also, uh, if you, you're listening to this after Thursday, you can uh, get in and uh, give it a shot as well. Yeah. So, uh, just make sure that you are getting over to the bark board, getting all the information and uh, trust me, you will not be disappointed with all the latest news and updates that we are uh, breaking out on the bark board. And that being said, if you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at Jackson more two, four, seven. You can find me on Twitter at red wave report. If you haven't done so already, head over to our Facebook page and give it a like. And all and as always, head over to thebarkboard.com where we have our forums where uh, lots of the fans get together and, and talk about things. And uh, our premium board where you can get all the latest news and updates. So uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.